The TNT Shop has great gift ideas for your furry family member at tntradio.live. Informative and engaging. Rick Munn. Rick Munn on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Oh, yeah, that brings back memories, that little uh, sweeper there. That was the very first one ever for TNT. I love it. Still do love it. Uh, brings me back, takes me all the way back to January of 2022. It feels like an eternity ago, but time flies, they say, when you're having fun. Just to let you guys know, uh, I'm sure you're ready to use this service anyway, but we have a website, tntradio.live. And on that website, you can do just about, well, I'm exaggerating a little bit here, but I'm going to say it. You can do just about everything. You can check who's on, when, uh, what presenter roster that we have. You can communicate with our presenters or the studio or TNT in general with suggestions. You've got the live chat on there. You've got the merch shop on there, which, of course, many of you have availed of. Uh, many of you proudly were your TNT merch out and about in public. Bumper stickers as well have been doing that right from the get-go. And for that, we are eternally grateful. And, of course, we have a cinema tab added now as well, where we're showing really good, gritty documentaries and uh, things of interest on our cinema tab. And of course, you can watch us live on there too. As you know, guys, we're in a war at the minute. We are in a, an absolute war at the minute. Uh, we're fighting David and Goliath style against the big uh, generals uh, in the mainstream media. And I think, to be quite frank with you, we are holding our ground very, very well. And of course, we have a little donate tab on the TNT website as well. And listen, this is a war we're in. And if you can, and if you're able to, uh, support the war effort. Because listen, we're giving it our damnedest here. And we're rolling this product out that we have, TNT, Today's News Talk. We're expanding it all the time. We're bringing new people on board all the time. We're trying to keep the content as laser sharp, focused, up to date as we possibly can. We've expanded into video as well. This all takes Cash, yes, we're not doing this on a wing and a prayer here. So we're always uh, looking for support from uh, investors, for supporters, from friends. So if you can, and if you can see fit, uh, give us a click on the old donation button and see fit to boost the TNT war coffers. And I promise you, I don't get any of it. No, I don't get any of it. I'm not a grifter. I'm not a chilling for TNT per se. But yes, it's a big operation getting bigger by the day. And of course, uh, you know, they say an army doesn't march on an empty stomach. So if you can uh, see fit too, we would appreciate any support that you can give us. But that's up to you. Of course, it's up to you. No pressure, as they say in the business. Uh, we've got a lot to get through this, sir. Got Gemma coming up. I've got Joseph Robertson's going to be joining me at about 20 past from the Epoch Times. And also, my very good friend and partner in crime, Parallel Mike, will be beaming in from Poland uh, to round the show and the week off here. Uh, so, you know, I have a little bit of other things that I'm going to cover, but I want to bring Gemma on. The more I can talk to her, the better. I think if she's sitting there, why make her wait? Let's get her on here and let's talk shop on TNT Today's News Talk. Keeping the commitment 24-7. I've been in the car all day and I got to listen. Can't get enough of it. You guys are doing a great job. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Ah, yes, Cooper wasn't 100% prepared there. She was fumbling there as I was uh, bringing her in early. But, you know, she's a professional. She is Gemma the Trooper Cooper. And here she is again. How are you doing today? I was cleaning my glasses and I heard you say, oh, Gemma's going to come in now. I thought, oh, God, no, right, I'm not ready. I'm cleaning my glasses. <laughs> A typical <laughs> middle-aged mad woman. What's, her, know, what's happening? You know. <laughs> but you were there. when you were needed, you were there. That's the most important thing. And I think what people don't realize about TNT as well, 
Looking at the playbacks of these shows, they do look really slick. You know, it does look like we're all marching, you know, along to the same beat. But it's Bedlam uh, trying to get everybody linked in at the same time. And massive respect, by the way, to our video guys, to the studio operatives, to the guests, and to the presenters, because we're all working in different time zones. We're all working on different schedules. We're all working down to certain deadlines. And, you know, somehow, Gemma, somehow, if you don't believe in God, you know, TNT is a good example to make of miracles. It all just seems to come together, doesn't it? It does. Do you know, I was literally just thinking that, you know, it does feel like we are rather being looked after by some kind of divine benevolent force because it is a miracle of broadcasting. I mean, I've been in broadcasting my entire career almost before uh, moving to broadcasting. I was in I was in newspapers. So I've been a journalist all my career and I have never known a setup like this. And it's absolutely incredible. You know, when I come in in the morning, I start work at 6 a.m. I'm broadcasting live with an Australian host, you know, where it's four o'clock in the mm -hmm. afternoon where he is. And yeah, it works. And I think one of the reasons it works is because the similarities between all Western nations now with all governments and corporations operating in lockstep is there's always stuff to talk about that is completely relevant, whether you're in Australia, the UK, America, Europe, it's all the same. It's all the same. It's just one big global operation because we are, as you rightly say, Rick, as you rightly mm. say, we're in this war, you know, against the corporate globalist machine, all of us. So that's that's why it's working, because there's a massive gap in the market for it. And we at TNT and the bosses and Mike and Jenny and everyone who, you know, behind the scenes, the tech team and all of the audience, all of the audience, you know, globally, shout out to all of you on Friday. You know, we're in it together. We're in it together. It's not about one person on TNT. It's not about us and the audience. It's all of us together in this. That's why it's working. And it feels good. And, you know, this is a little bit off tangent, but I think it's worth talking. You know, it's good to talk from a human element instead of just covering the news all the time, too. I don't know about you, right? But here's, and I think people that listen into these shows, whatever shows they happen to be, for the short time that you're on air, and for the short time that I'm broadcasting, right? When I wake up in the morning, sometimes, you know, you, you're thinking it's early. Uh, I'm on my own here. I've got to prepare all this. But as soon as you link in, you know, I see you. And I see Murray, and I see CJ, and I see Natalie, and then you see the live chat, and then you get the guests on, and you realize you're not on your own. You're you're you are in a in a movement, you are in an organization, and you'll never fight this one solo for as long as there's other people that think your way. And there's a there's a hunger for people to connect at the minute. Look at the live chat. It's just streams after streams of people commenting, new people coming in all the time, people laughing, people leaving links, people leaving their thoughts and opinions. It is a, a, almost like a release getting to do this, even though it's a job and it can be stressful at times, let's be brutally honest about it, but at least it's a release and it does make you realize that you're not on your own. Absolutely. And one of the greatest things that happened to me uh, since being on TNT was last week when I think it was last week now. Yeah, it was. It was last week um, when I had a, a, a text from somebody, and I've had a nice, I've had a lot of nice texts since I've started at the station from people within the you know alternative freedom movement, if you want to call it that, and they're lovely texts and they're lovely messages, but from people I don't know particularly well. And last week I had a text from a guy who lives literally couple of miles down the road in my hometown who I went to school with who's a scaffolder who I've worked with on various, various charity functions and he's you know worked for me on staging and stuff and I know him really well I've known him all my life and he was texting me going great job on TNT Gem you're doing brilliant work you're absolutely great fantastic and I was like oh my god Steve Walters I'll give him a shout out again thank you for listening and he's literally in my hometown 
It's very easy to think we're isolated and there's just a few of us dotted around the globe. No, he's down the road. I promised him, Steve, next time I see you, mate, taking you out for a pint because it was made my week. It made my made my whole four months on TNT, actually. He's just down the road and and he's listening. There you go. Steve Walters, TNT salute going out to you this morning from Rickman as well. So there you go. And again, Steve Walters maybe feels inconsequential as a scaffolder down in your neck of the woods, but he's not. He's he's part of this as well. So, uh, yeah, nice to talk about these sort of things and give ourselves a G up. And hopefully the people that are listening in at the minute, give them a little bit of a G up too going into the weekend. Uh, We have news to talk about as well. Uh, We're not just going to reflect on how wonderful TNT is this morning, although we could do it, uh, but we've got to cover some <laughs> new stories as well. So you have one for us here about the old Nat West, and it's got nothing to do with our Nat Chill. By the way, this is Nat West, not Nat Chill. You're going to talk about this morning. What's the crack with uh, Nat West? Well, Nat West, the bank that likes to debank, you would have thought that since all the scandal last year with it removing customers from its one of its uh, subsidiaries, Coots, uh, because of their political views, that was what happened with Nigel Farage. You would have thought that would have dented its reputation. But no, no, no. Today, on the day it's announced its its, its official new boss after the last boss had to resign over the Farage debanking scandal, uh, uh, the day it announces its new boss today, it's also announced record profits. And we are talking record Profits, Rick. It's the biggest profit that the bank has made since the 2008 financial crisis, where it made 10 billion. It's announced that last year it's made 6.2 billion uh, in in profits, and the bank's bonuses are 356 million. Now, you would have thought that a company like this, which came in for so much negative press coverage last year, when the the the, the chief executive had to stand down, um, uh, Alison Rose, she had to stand down. Um, you would have thought that people might have voted with their feet or with their wallets and thought, you know what, I don't want to bank for somebody that might close my account because of what I've put on social media or the way I think. But no, it seems it's making record profits and it's saying, and then the way it's making these record profits is is our labor effectively. Mm -hmm. It's made profits on loans and mortgages because the interest rates have gone up. So they're charging more interest on these. And of course, you know, we're in a debt-based society. You're from the financial world, Rick. You know how it works. Nobody saves up for things anymore. We just take out massive loans in advance and end up in our life in a debt slavery. And the banks are loving it. 6.2 billion. um, And it's announced today that its official new boss will be Paul Thwaite, who stepped in after the resignation last year as the interim boss. He's now the official chief executive as of today. I'm sure he's rubbing his hands together in glee. The other thing about NatWest, the own coots, is they're still 35% owned by the taxpayer. So we should be getting some of this money effectively because after the financial crash of 2008, they had to be bailed out by the government, uh, 35% still owned by us effectively, but those shares are soon to be sold off. So that's where we are. That's the bank that likes to debank is doing very well out of it. 6.2 billion, up 20% on last year in terms of profit. Crazy money. I, I mean, it's uh, British gas type profits. It's uh, Shell or uh, BP type profits. You know, would you would associate that type of money. And of course, banks have always made humongous profits too. But you see about the amount of money oil companies have made, you know, uh, oil exploration companies have made. Uh, British gas centric are making humongous profits at the minute. The banks, they're not missing out on the action at all. 6.2 billion uh, pre-tax profits is insane. And that's just for NatWest Bank alone. If you could factor in all the profits from all the banks. You factor in Lloyd's and you factor in Barclays and you factor in Deutsche Bank and Santander and everything else. Gemma, it's running into literally hundreds of 
billions of pounds worth of profit. And at a time of austerity, <laughs> at a time of cost of living crisis and high inflation, you know, we're scrimping around. We're down the back of the sofa looking for coins to go out and buy ourselves a latte, maybe a fancy one from, from a fancy shop. And the bankers, in the meantime, are rubbing their little paws together with glee. This guy, wait has said in a statement this year, we're focused on the things we can control, delivering profitable growth and becoming more efficient, more productive, easier to deal with while managing our costs and capital efficiently. And together, these will drive us long-term sustainable value for our customers, shareholders, and the wider UK economy. And that's a beautiful statement. It sounds so beautiful. If you put some classical music behind it and had someone reading it out, it would sound beautiful and wonderful, but it's nothing to do with the taxpayer. And it's got nothing to do with you and me. It's those fat cats sitting around that big mahogany board table, rubbing their fat little fingers together as they laugh all the way to probably not Nat West Bank. They've probably got the money in a Swiss bank somewhere and they're not paying any bloody tax on it. What do you Thing. I think that's a very astute analysis, Rick. I think you've nailed it. I think that statement, if they just put the word shareholders first, you know, delivering brilliant service for our shareholders, because that's it. That's what it's all about. And, and they are a corporation. But of course, it's all done off the back of human labor. We take out the loans. We have to repay the interest. That's where they make the money. We take out these mortgages, the death pledge. Um, and, you know, there would be an argument that we're complicit in this. If we didn't take out loans and mortgages, that's where they've made all the money. Uh, they've been very honest about that. They say, thanks to the Bank of England interest rate hike, they can now charge more for interest for their mortgages. Simple as that. So if we didn't participate in the system, we didn't take out loans. If we saved up for a rainy day, like my granny used to do, if we said, no, I'm not going to have a mortgage, I'm going to build my own property somewhere, or I'm going to go off grid. No, I mean, I've thought about that many times, but I just haven't got the courage or the knowledge to do it. Then the banks would be out of business. So it is a very cat and mouse game. And I think actually with this 6.2 billion, because it's 35% still owned by us, if they just shared some of that money around, we probably wouldn't hate the bank so much. But there's no yeah. danger of that, is there? They're keeping it all to themselves and these 356 million pound banker bonuses. I mean, it really is disgraceful, um, considering like you rightly said, the rest of us are scrimping and saving around for just you know a fancy cup of coffee or maybe a, a weekend break away somewhere away from the grind. That's the, the, the gap between the haves and the have-nots in the UK has never been bigger. And this illustrates that. It does, unfortunately. And that's the best way to illustrate it. Just look at what the banks are making and look at what their chiefs and their chief executives are getting paid in the ways of bonuses. It makes you kind of want to be sick. But that's the way it is, people. That's the way it is. You know, sometimes my conscience, I feel, has done me out of a lot of profit in my life. I was once a banker back in the day. I worked for a large multinational bank. I was at a time, I have to admit, hold my hands up, I was fleecing customers left, right and center until I had my epiphany Damascus Road experience and I turned my back on all that. And it, you know, I took a hit, but at least I could sleep at night, uh, Gemma. But I, I'm still praying that I don't get phone calls from some of my old clients uh, who are chasing me because of uh, dodgy advice that was dispensed. But I'm joking, of course. <laughs> honestly but anyway <laughs> i've got to go right now <laughs> so thank you very much uh, for yeah walking us down memory lane in the best possible way and also shining a light on the old bankers uh what they're up to as well so big thanks to you Gemma, and we'll be back with james and uh david as well i think uh, you're 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 doing stories with him too so if you're a Gemma cooper fan oh you're in luck you get it from six in the morning until almost six o'clock at night what an absolute legend she is uh but check her out in the next star as well 
Have a great weekend, Gemma, and thanks as always for your input here this week. Got to take a break, and then I'll be back with Joseph Robertson. I'm actually, I'm actually foaming. I kid you not, I'm foaming at the mouth at the minute, not because of Joseph, uh, but just because maybe I've got rabies. I don't know, but I'll be right back here. Don't go away. This is TNT, today's news talk. TNT's Jason Olborn. Al Gore can't get a single thing right, and yet he gets another chance, for example, to uh, come out and tell us that if we don't do this, we're all going to be dead. And yet now we're learning that uh, in Ireland, for example, they're going to slaughter 200,000 cattle for the climate. I mean, aren't they doing it to us anyway, one way or another, whether we they pretend that we're heating up the world, we're all going to burn out, or if we starve, isn't it the same result that, they, that they're setting out to do? Well, this has got nothing to do with climate. It's got nothing to do with the environment. Uh, this is a new scam, and it's a case of follow the money. Al Gore has become a multi-billionaire from frightening, frightening people witless about a mythical climate change. And if you only looked into the past, you'd see that the variation that we're currently enjoying today is far less than previous variations. Weekends with Jason Olborn on today's News Talk TNT. She used to dance and dream of a better life, a brighter future, with nutritious food to eat, a chance to learn, to get an education, and do incredible things. Today, thanks to Children International and friends like you, she dances for the world. Together, we give children in poverty a chance to set their sights high and achieve their dreams by ensuring that they have access to health care, education, life skills, and more so they can grow, thrive, and believe in themselves. Gracias. Gracias. Learn more about Children International and join us in our life-changing work at children.org today. Plug in. Website TNTradio.live. Check it out. Today's News Talk Radio. It's the coolest. TNT. Yep, indeed. TNT, today's News Talk. And uh, we're blasting through the shows here this morning at an alarming rate of knots, but we still have plenty more in the tank to deliver before the top of the hour. I'm really happy to be joined again by Joseph Robertson. Uh, Joseph is a reporter with the uh, Epoch Times, and uh, I understand, or from memory, uh, I think we talked just before Christmas last year, Joseph, so uh, it's really good to have you back on the show again here today. Going to talk about some of the things that you've been writing about and also wider issues within uh, the UK. A piece that you just published recently with the Epoch Times, the government uh, vows to overhaul child maintenance service amid fears of scandal worse than Horizon. Flip me, that'll take some doing. Uh, the response from DWP is labelled as denial as a campaigner warns case law may challenge the legality of fees applied to CMS liability orders. So uh, very a lot in this piece. Uh, let's break it down a bit. Uh, why were they overhauling this in the first place? and what's going to make it potentially as scandalous as the Horizon scandal. Great to be back, Rick. Um, yeah, I mean, there's a few things within this piece. Um, this is a longer investigation I've been doing for a few months now. Um, and uncovered a number of disconcerting things. Of course, most of this um, is always met with silence by the DWP and by other departments within government. Um, I think this is one of those things where they hope it's going to blow over. Um I've been talking to people in the dozens, in the hundreds now, 
um, who have been issued with liability orders, obviously paying parents are issued with the liability order if they fail to make payments for a child who they're meant to be contributing to the upkeep of. And thousands of these payments, it appears, have been inflated um, using artificial or historical salaries um, and, you know, written evidence submitted is just not being considered. And it's driving some of them to, at times, have terrible mental health issues, um, hundreds of suicides, uh, really terrible stuff. Um, you know, and speaking to these victims, they're kind of forgotten in many ways because, uh, it's not perhaps politically correct to talk about the paying parent in the case where there's child maintenance involved. The government likes to label them as deadbeat dads and all these other sorts of monikers. But the reality is that most of them are honest, hardworking people who have paid all they can. And a lot of the time, the system just isn't helping them contribute. And in, that, in turn, that also leads to the children never seeing those payments they probably would have seen if uh, the system was, you know, a little bit better. Yeah, the thing is, too, you, you mentioned the Horizon scandal. A lot of people uh, were aware that there was uh, discrepancies in the post office system and the things were going on behind the scenes. But it's only recently that this has really reached the public en masse. You know, there was a TV program made out about it, too. Uh, you, we're finding out about the hundreds and hundreds of people that were wrongfully accused of theft. A lot of them suffered terrible ill health. A lot of them committed suicide. Some of them went to prison for things that they didn't do. And when you talk about it in relation to this, I understand that sometimes mistakes happen. You know, you get it wrong sometimes in life and people make uh, administrative errors or there could be technological glitches. But on a scale like this, there's really no excuse for it when you consider what the services that they're actually providing and the amount of people that have been affected negatively bad. How did it get to that point without anybody picking up on it sooner? Well, one of the problems is we've got to go all the way back to 1998 to fully understand how this stuff started. Um, and there were two schemes created at the time, um, which were to process, you know, late payments to actually try and get some of the monies that were owed back um, to the correct places. And those were administered very badly. That was under the old CSA, which was um, the support agency before the CMS was introduced in 2012. And the CMS inherited those historical accounts um, to the tune of about uh, 3.8 billion. Um, and, you know, there was there was more than that, actually, but the 3.8 billion is a very interesting number because one of the first pieces that I worked on was uh, showing that a large part of this number is completely inflated as fictitious debt. It's doubling up of accounts. It's people who have been, like I said, you know, um, assessed based on salaries that they just weren't earning at the time. There's lots of contributing factors uh, and you can't lay specific blame into one, any one individual within this. Um, it's, a, it's a litany of errors that's, you know, got worse and worse under successive governments. So again, you can't say it's a Labour issue or a Tory issue. Um, or an Ed Davey issue in the case of the post office scandal. But you can say that there are a lot of similarities. There's errors with the you know, computing software. There were Fujitsu systems involved up until a couple of years ago. Um, those have now switched to all internal department-led uh, software. But the other thing we've got to think about as well is that there's huge data breaches within this because data law back in 1998 and even in 2012 was not what it is now. Um, especially with regard to accountancy and online accounts. People have been uh, finding out that their data or their historical bank accounts have been kept hold of for far too long. Um, they've had money swiped out of their accounts. 
one of the things that's important to talk about is the collection powers that the CMS actually has. I mean, they can send you to jail. They can get a court order without ever needing to provide any proper evidence of their workings out. They can take your passport away. They can do pretty much anything to enforce punishment if you're not paying. Um, and there was a case just a couple of weeks ago that I covered with a veteran who's suffering from cancer, uh, always kept up his payments. He's fallen on hard times, obviously, hasn't been able to work because of his cancer treatment. They were ignoring all of his pleas down to the 11th hour. They were going to confiscate his family home that he had almost paid off the mortgage on. Um, they were going to leave a couple of kids that he you know, is responsible for, one his own, one his partner's, um, and they were going to leave them completely out in the cold. Um, and they just they don't take into consideration either individual circumstances or properly look into the way that they're working things out. He ended up getting reprieved by a judge, but many cases just aren't that lucky. Uh, and that's the thing too. There doesn't seem to be any. There's no, uh, you know, case by case assessment of this. It seems to be they're broad brushing people with this and then going in hard. In this case, this guy, you know, uh, had fallen on hard times through no fault of his own. He was making people aware of that. And they say if you're falling behind in debt, if you can't pay your bills, the first thing you, sh you should do is contact the creditor and say, "Listen, can you make allowances for this? I've lost my job or I'm going through a hard time." And most uh, providers will work with you on that one. But in this case they just went in hard and said well we might confiscate the family home we'll have to sell that to pay off the backlog it doesn't seem to be there's any element built in there for compassion or any actual human element of that it just seems to be done on a you know a broad brush approach which of course we're not all in the same position and circumstances and there are dodgers out there who are dodging payments but there's other people out there that want to make the payments but simply can't because of personal circumstances and they're being demonized as if they were uh, willfully uh, uh, you know, uh, relieving themselves of the duties that were on them. So crazy story, but uh, you've done a great job on that piece, by the way. And uh, if you want to uh, see that, uh, follow uh, Joseph on his uh, X page. It's at Nero, N-E-R-O underscore returns. And there's a link through there. He's put that uh, piece up uh, that's published in Epoch Times, which is the epochtimes.com. You can dig into that in a little bit more detail. Got to take a little uh, headline break right now, uh, Joseph. And when we come back, I want to look at some of the things that are happening on the political stage here in the UK, because, of course, uh, it's going to be a big year for politics uh, with an election looming on the horizon. But please don't go away. We'll be right back after this headline break on TNT, today's news talk. Turn on the news. News, 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 flash. TNT Radio News. Boyle and here with a look at your TNT headlines. Prolific pedophiles convicted of the most heinous crimes against infants and preteen children could be executed in the US state of Idaho under a new bill passed by House officials. Russian President Vladimir Putin's told the world that his country is close to developing vaccines to treat cancer. And the Kremlin has rejected wild reports out of the US claiming Russia is planning on deploying nuclear weapons in space. On air and on the app. I listen on the app. Stay up to date around the clock. I listen, therefore I know. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Okay, in conversation right now, live, uncensored, unscripted, raw, call it what you want here on TNT with uh, Joseph Robbins, Robertson uh, from Epoch Times. Uh, a big year this year for elections. Uh, Labour are obviously making a play for uh, number 10, as you, as you well know. However... 
Keir Starmer, uh, arguably, uh, what is he up to? Uh, the policies that he's going to bring in, I think, you know, people are uh, expecting expecting heaven if he replaces the Tory party. But in reality, uh, Joseph, I think they're going to be delivered hell. One thing in particular that he's highlighted here, and this was uh, brought up by Net Zero Watch, which is a really good uh, publication, uh, Labour's proper windfall tax, which will result in energy firm profits being levied at 78% for another five years, will effectively wipe out 100,000 jobs, according to analysts, and cost the Treasury at least £20 billion in overall lost revenue. To put the devastating job toll in context, uh, it was the axing of 20,000 jobs that sparked the miners' strikes in 1984 to 85, and this is a policy that will potentially wipe out five times as many people. There's a lot of greenies out there. There's a lot of people that are rightfully, they want to protect the environment, but they think Starmer is a knight in you know, shining armor. He's going to ride in and save us. In reality, if he gets his way, it could result in utter catastrophe and devastation in the UK, not just for job losses, but also people uh, losing their minds. If they're losing their houses and their livelihoods, they're going to go crazy, are they not? They are. I think uh, Labour are beginning to realise that you can't just magic uh, that kind of figure out of the air, you know, cutting back on the uh, 28 billion. I don't think it's necessarily ideological. I think that's just the fact they realise that there's no money left. Um, reminiscent of that note that was left by Gordon Brown's administration to the Tories uh, back at the handover there. There's no money left. We're getting to that point now again. And of course, you know, we've just seen we've entered into recession. Um, we're not in the place where we can start magicking money. And I think a lot of people are beginning to realise that net zero is something, you know, they might they might like the idea of cleaner air, but they're not going to like the idea of their bottom line being affected. And there was that poll not, not too long ago, which showed that people were quite happy to fund net zero as long as it didn't affect them directly, uh, which is a bit of a tautology, I think. So, you know, I think... People really want to see change that's going to impact their families long term. Perhaps more stuff on housing would be good coming from Starmer. Perhaps more stuff on the issues that really matter to the working class in particular, which he claims to represent. Um, and I'm just not seeing a lot of that signaling. You know, I was on the ground in Wellingborough yesterday. I don't know that people really feel like they're being spoken to. They're just spoken at. Uh -huh. Yeah, or being patronized or being lectured or being forced to adopt policies that, you know, with the push towards uh, getting away, uh, selling new internal combustion engine cars. I've already backtracked on that one. Sunak and Co said, well, we're aiming for 2030. Realistically, we're looking at 2035. Now, we know that the bubble's bursting with EVs at the minute. The garage forecourts are full of cars that they can't sell. The insurance companies are charging a literal arm and a leg to reinsure these vehicles. And even Tesla, Musk himself came out this week uh, offering a thousand dollar winter discount on his Model Y because he appreciates its tough trading conditions at this time of year. You know, this is another example, I think, of uh, the bubble bursting when it comes to greenery. Unfortunately, a lot of people have to make heavy investments in these uh, products before they realize maybe it wasn't the right thing to do. Could we see more buyer's remorse uh, over the next year or two with people that went heavy? on EV type vehicles, you know, to save the planet. And in reality, all they're doing is uh, bankrupting themselves. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think in the political sphere, you've got voter apathy. And I think in the green sphere, you've got buyer apathy. People just don't want to get these vehicles. Um, and that goes up a whole other notch when you're involved in business and farming. We've seen the farmers protests happening and kicking off in the UK now, as well as elsewhere around the world. Um, and a lot of that is because they just don't want all of the digitization. They don't want electric tractors. They don't work. 
they don't want more digital mod cons in their vehicles they don't work uh you know and it's the same when you talk to farmers everywhere they're, they're the ones who know what's best just the same as in the trucking industry people want their you know vehicles to remain the same they don't want to be purchasing whole new fleets they don't want fuel going up um you know and there's all of these considerations that you know sound great from a national perspective but like you said they create job loss on the ground they create financial hardship i know that the london taxi drivers are being offered a seven thousand pound grant or something at the moment to try and replace their vehicles with fully electric ones well that's you know a fraction of the cost that they're going to have to invest in and they they are their own small businesses in it those those ground industries are just not being reflected in the national conversation i think a lot of people feel that can you imagine, too, if you were a London cab, you know, playing devil's advocate here, uh, and you did decide to go in uh, with an EV, a cab, you know, you're talking tens upon tens upon tens of thousands of pounds. Granted, you get a seven grand subsidy. It's not really going to be a drop in the bucket when it comes to the outlay to buy this thing. And with the reports that are coming in, with the insurance costs in particular, uh, Joseph, and as well as that, uh, there's psychological conditions springing up around EV ownership. Range anxiety is one. Charging anxiety is another one. Charging rage is another one where there's queues of people you know, lining up. I would say the average London cabbie without uh, stereotyping uh, would be a kind of a, an impatient type of person. He wants to get from A to B as quickly and as efficiently as he can using the knowledge. You know, They have to learn all the London streets before they get their London cab license. They don't want to be faffing around with charging their car or worrying about it running out of puff halfway through a busy working day in the winter time. I would say they just want something simple and efficient, a good old diesel car car that's going to get them from A to B without having to pay exorbitant ULES charges going all the way through uh, London as well. It's It seems to be there's an all-out war on motorists at the moment. What do you reckon, just in closing? Are they, are they under serious assault, do you reckon? Yeah, I mean, it's funny that you mentioned the knowledge. I mean, a lot of taxi drivers don't have to learn that anymore. And I think that's reflective. Well, okay. some 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 cases no now because uh, because technology is replacing things again, okay. um, you know, and it goes back to that point you make about you know the the headache of technology. I think it's like the do we give our kids an iPad kind of conundrum. Um, we're looking at the same thing with businesses and industries. We're losing human knowledge and perspective, engagement, actual jobs because people are being replaced very often with machine learning. Um, and I think that boils all the way down to grand industries, all the way down to the way people use vehicles. We're losing that human touch. And because of that, we're actually losing out on a lot of um, what I would say is the value of of having a diverse knowledge base within big cities and, and within big industries. We're losing contact with the people who actually do the job. This is the problem for government is it's all very well saying, well, you can speed up the job doing this. But if the farmer or the taxi driver is saying, well, no, I prefer doing it my way and I'm more efficient doing it that way. Well, ultimately, there's a clash where it's the, down to the government to then decide, do I want to remove these people from their jobs? And very often the government's just choosing to automate processes. Uh, that hasn't happened yet with cars, but, you know, I'm sure down the line that will be another consideration. No one wants to see yeah. that. And the same thing with vehicle owners across the board. Yeah, it's uh, they're, they're waging a war on motorists, but I don't think it's going as smoothly as they thought. I think there's a lot of cracks appearing uh, in the dam and there's an awful lot of kickback from motorists, especially uh, when people are getting their insurance renewal premiums through this year, whether or not you drive an EV or not, they're going through the roof. And uh, I would not want to be in the position to be trying to insure one of those things or keep it running over the next few years. And the depreciation costs as well are terrible. Uh, but that's uh, by the by. We've got a call time in this one right now. There's so many 
topics we could discuss, but we don't have the time to do it. So a massive thanks uh, to you, uh, Joseph Robertson, for taking time out of your diary this morning uh, to come on here and talk to us live on TNT. And you can follow Joseph on X at Nero underscore returns. Please give him a follow and check out the work that he's doing, the great work that he's doing with Epoch Times. So have a good weekend, uh, Joseph, and uh, we shall stay in touch yeah, and right. probably uh, get you on again sooner rather than later. That's Joseph Robertson. We're going to take a quick break and Parallel Mike is going to be beaming in from Poland to round the week off. Really looking forward to this one. So please stay tuned for more on TNT, today's news talk. De-weaponizing weather with reality and perspective. The phony climate war is really a war on the United States of America. Let's take the war in Ukraine. This is insanity. The United States is funding the Ukraine. The entire operation, they refund their civil servant. But Russia can attack Ukraine because it's growing more prosperous and how's it growing more prosperous? The same way Iran is funding their proxies. You know what they do? They're selling more oil. And the reason they're selling more oil is because our nation, for some reason, has decided to shut down the energy dominance that we had three or four years ago. My point is this war would not have occurred if the energy policies that we had through 2020 were left, just as the immigration problem would not be what it is now. I can say that. Well, look at the facts. Look at what was going on several years ago. So what I'm going to be trying to get across to people is the different aspects of this phony climate war have become allied with the idea that this is the way you take down the United States. At least a fundamental transformation. And where did we hear that first? This is TNT Climate and Weather Watchdog Meteorologist Joe Bastardi asking you to enjoy the weather, even though it's been weaponized. It's the only weather you've got. I want to eat, eat, eat apples and bananas. I need to eat and bananas. Why can't I eat, eat, eat apples and bananas? Support the Feeding America nationwide network of food banks to help provide meals to those in need. Join us at feedingamerica.org. Informative and engaging. Rick Munn. Rick Munn on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Yes, it's Friday. Oh, thank Crunchy. It's Friday the 18th, is it? No, the 16th. Yeah, the 16th. These eyes, these eyes. I mean, it's the 16th of February. But listen, I don't want to say I've saved the best until last, but I always do like to round off the week with a chat with me old chum Parallel Mike, wherever possible. He's beaming in from an undisclosed bunker somewhere in the wilderness of Poland. Uh, if you don't know who he is, shame on you. Uh, he's an organic farmer and also a host of the Parallel Systems Broadcast and Parallel Mike Podcast. Try saying that one when you're drunk. Uh, you can check out his uh, content at Parallel, P-A-R-A-L-L-E-L, Mike com and I'm spelling it out because I used to mess up his email address when I sent it through to the studio. I used to mispronounce or misspell parallel. And then when they sent them out the links to the show, they kept bouncing back and they said, why is that? It's because of Rick. Rick can't spell. But anyway, Mike, welcome back to TNT. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm not doing too bad, Rick. Thanks for having me back on the show. It's nice to see you, buddy. Uh, just got back from a nice 12 hour long run in the forest, although it was only meant to be one. I'm getting a little bit senile in my old age and I got lost. So it turned into two, but I made it back in time just for you, buddy. 
you did, and I'm glad you did, you know, because as they say, the show must go on, preferably with you, but it could have went on without you. But it's nice to see you back here again. Listen, uh, you asked me before we came on, what are we going to cover? You know, what are we not going to cover here this morning? Might be the easier question. So much happening at the minute. Just plucking this one straight out of the bag. Javier Millet, we discussed him briefly when, when he uh, became the new president of Argentina. Some people were getting their knickers in a twist, thinking, oh, this guy's going to be great. He's going to be axing this he's going to be doing that it didn't take long for the true colors to show through with malay did it and of course the argentinian economy at the minute is really suffering inflation's running at a night watering 250 percent talk is cheap mike uh he can certainly talk the talk but he ain't been walking the walk has he Rick, I could sit here and i could quote some cicero i could quote some plato but let's keep it very simple because i'm a simple man you can put some lipstick on a pig but it's still a pig, my friend. And uh, Javier Millet got a lot of lipstick put on him, but he's still a pig, my friend. He's uh, just like the rest of them, isn't it, Rick? We keep seeing this thing happening again and again. And I wanted to share with you an analogy from boxing, actually, because you love boxing, I love boxing. Mm -hmm. uh, and as we all know, Murray loves boxing. I know Murray does too, the sound engineer. And when it comes to boxing, Rick, you don't just throw your punches, do you? You hide them, you're deceptive. A good boxer deceives. He always deceives and he'll throw feints, he'll throw misdirections. He might flinch his hand on the left to throw the right. He might throw a left to set up a right to the body. But he's always trying to hide what he's doing. And I think that's what is fooling a lot of people right now is there's lots of feints and deceptions out there and people keep falling for them. And they keep getting punched in the face every time they do fall for it. And, you know, that's the point. It'd be very easy if we was all... And gullible and naive, but I think people who have figured out certain things, especially the last few years, they're a little bit harder to trick, but just throwing a few feints and it seems like they still fall for it. So I think we have to be getting even more skeptical. And when they put a hero archetype, you always, always have to be skeptical with a hero archetype, Rick. There's no such thing as a hero archetype uh, in this day and age. Everyone's got self-interest and politicians, especially my friend, it's so hard to get to the higher echelons of politics without having already crossed the palms of many, many people and uh, made all kinds of deals in the background. And I think we're just seeing those deals manifest now. Now, how many deals does it take before you actually just become somebody else's puppet? Uh, and I think Javier Millet has shown his true colors very quickly. So may, let's take it as a learning uh, point for people. If people got suckered in by him, maybe next time they'll be a little bit more skeptical. Yeah, and you, you mentioned the, the 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 analogy about uh, you know uh, feints and whatnot in boxing. The best punch is the one that the you throw is the one the opponent doesn't see coming. Funnily enough, just unrelated to this, I saw a great uh, podcast with Teddy Atlas recently. Uh, he, you know, he was a famous boxing trainer. You know, he trained Tyson for a while, but uh, he was during the podcast. You know, he had a, a webcam up and he made a very effective point. He, he put his hand right up, like I'd probably get in trouble for doing this, but he put his hand up to the webcam and he said, you know, sometimes when people throw a job you know they're trying to connect with it sometimes you should throw your job out there just simply to to block your opponent's vision that they don't see you know the right cross coming in or the hook to the body coming in and i think that's what's happening on the world stage at the minute mike i think there's a lot of feints being thrown and there's a lot of hands being put into people's faces as it were while they set people up for the the you know the liver shot or they set them up for the right hook to the jaw or whatever it happens to be malaise another example of it people should be learning by this stage you know when these people are promising so much look at look at georgia maloney in uh in italy when she replaced draghi uh, she came in 
uh, breathing fire, talking about how he should restore the family, should close the borders down. The exact opposite happened. So I think it's fair to say that in this inverted time that we're in, and we've talked, you and I have talked about inversion a lot. When they promise A, you're not going to get it. You're going to get B. And if they promise you C, you're going to get D. Just invert anything you're being told. That's what you're going to get from these people, is it not? Yeah, Malay. Uh, sorry, uh, Maloney. She was. She wanted a liver shot, but she was a low blow. <laughs> they oh, promised us the. They promised the She was. She was. And yeah, and you know, and that's the problem. Is there's so much out there, and it's so confusing. There's so many narratives, and what we always get tied up with is the stuff that doesn't matter. I mean, really, is 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 is, is, is the president of Argentina going to change what happens in your life, Rick? Absolutely no. not, my friend. It's not going to change a thing for me. It's not going to help my farmers over here. It's not going to help your farmers over there. We have to start getting back to the local level stuff that is really mm -hmm. affecting our everyday lives. That's where we can actually yeah. make some changes right now. And all of these big grand narratives, uh, the US presidential election is going to be the big one this year. We're all going to get caught up in it. You know, the other one... You did, you made a great video on this, and I did one for my patrons also about the Putin versus uh, Tucker Carlson, and it's yes. like, what a farce! You know, does it does it make any difference at all? Does it change anything? Did they tell us anything that we didn't already know? Of course, they no. didn't. Uh, so again, I think it's about being able to take yourself away from the theater and separate the wheat from the chaff. What actually really matters here? There's all kinds of things going on, Rick, behind the scenes that nobody's talking about. And I would argue these are some of the biggest and most impactful things in the world out there right now. Like, for example, natural asset classes. How many people are talking about natural asset classes? Not many. However, if they go through, that is the taking offline of all of the land, all of the national parks, all of the, all of the farmland. And it was almost just pushed through in America through the um, SEC that was going to actually make these asset classes. And if they do that, Rick, within about 20 years, all of the land will be taken off land. These are huge changes that are actually being put through. But nobody talks about them because we're too busy talking about um, Malay kissing some wall or mm -hmm. you know what some guy did in another country. So I just think we have to be able to start separating the important stuff from the unimportant. And uh, they'll Brief. keep putting things in our way, the feints, the the fist in the face you know i used to actually box like that race that rick i had a long left arm and i used to just mm -hmm. wave it right in the face that is it's deception go. it's it's hiding it it's a very simple way of deceiving your opponent and i would say to listeners check out the art of war read sun Tzu's the art of war and reread mm -hmm. it if you've read it in the past and you'll realize wow that is exactly what they are doing right now they're using the art of war and they're very very good at it Oh, they are. Uh, now, I, I want to uh, talk about something else you touched on briefly there, not so much the content of what it was, but I saw another post yesterday, someone put up some old Yuri Bezmenov lectures, you know, you know, I'm sure you, you, you're aware of who he is, and most people listening will be as well. He talked about uh, subversion, ideological subversion, uh, the stages that it passes through. Now, yesterday, uh, I saw a video clip uh, from Carlson, who, as you know, has spent time in Moscow and he got the Putin interview, which I didn't watch because I predicted, and I've seen this from people who have watched it, there's nothing new. He, he gave a history lesson on Russia. You know, you could read that in any textbook. And then he talked about Boris Johnson scuppered any chances of peace back in February. To, we've been saying that as well for over a year anyway. He's just confirming what we already knew. But he's also made a few weird what i believe almost like pro that like he's operating with a russian tourist board so yesterday he put a piece up about uh, some railway station in moscow and he started it off he said you know this was built by stalin 
but I'm not a supporter of Stalin and it's been maintained by Putin and I'm not a supporter of Putin, but I want to take you inside and I want to show you what it's like. And of course, there was classical music playing. Everybody was clean. There was no violence. There was nobody being pushed onto the tracks. There was pictures of Lenin on there. Then he went on to talk about Russian life in general. It's almost like he's making a series of uh, propaganda movies for Russia, right? Now, hear me out. And of course, now the narrative is starting to come like, well, after hearing that, a lot of people are saying, well, maybe we're the bad guys. Maybe Putin's the good guy, right? And this this links in, this is the point that I'm going to make with what Bezmenov said. He said, ideological subversion at its finest uh, is that the left is only an instrument to bring the country to crisis, and then they will look elsewhere for a savior, but the savior will be the actual enemy themselves, okay? So in a roundabout way, what I'm saying is, are people not just simply being led and conditioned? And let's face it, you know, you're in Poland at the minute, compared to London, compared to what's going on in Ireland at the minute, it's not so bad with open borders, immigration. You know, you're pretty insulated from it. But anybody that's in my position has got to be looking to you going, well, you've got it so much better when it comes to this, and you've got it so much better than when it comes to that. It's also not simply directing people's eyes to Moscow, saying, well, under Putin, I'm not saying he's a good guy. I'm not saying Stalin was a good guy, says Carlson. But let's be honest about it. Life is so much better for the average Russian citizen. Do you want some of this? Well, if you want some of this, you're going to have to accept what Putin's doing in his country, which is communism at the end of the day. Yeah, I think what he's trying to do, and I think what his agenda out there was, this is my personal opinion, was to stir the pot for America because America, they're trying to build about this frenzy, in my opinion. They're building up the left and doing all these terrible things on the left, you know, particularly towards children. Uh, and it's abhorrent. So you look at that and you think that's awful. And then they're kind of trying to stare up the right now to get angrier and say, we, we're going to push back against this. And I think they're building up Trump for his return. And I think it's all part of the same thing. So people often say two wings of the same bed. I think that's exactly what this is. You know, if you look at Tucker Carlson as well, like his dad worked for successive presidents. He was very much involved in the media during the CIA's control of US media, which is the same today, won't I add? Uh, but during the Mockingbird period, he was very high up. He worked for a time for banking, for a bank that was known as the President's Bank. It's where they all hid and squirreled away their money. And he was vice president. So he's very much a part of the establishment. His mum came from an oligarchal tycoon family. Mm -hmm. His dad remarried into another tycoon family. So make no mistake, Tucker Carlson is no independent journalist. Mm -hmm. He's come from the establishment. He tried out for the CIA himself. And apparently he got kicked back. But let's face it, he's one of the top media people out there. Would they tell you if he was working with the CIA? I don't think they would. No. So I just, I but just they would think tell you, to... they would tell you, Mike, that he didn't get into the CIA as a double bluff to maybe mean that <laughs> he's possibly would. one of their highest operating operatives. Of course, they're going to say he didn't get in. They're not going to say, yeah, he made it. And by the way, he quit that job. And I just happens to be eating, eking out a living uh, as an independent journal after getting sacked from Fox. Smoking mirrors, man, isn't it? Some, it's yeah, the this, war. This goes back to what war. we said before, Rick, about deception. I mean, team Elon Musk, team Trump, team God knows, put them all mm -hmm. on that team. If you don't think there's people out there to convince you on the, on the right of your right and centrist views, then you are sorely mistaken. There's people on the left to convince them. Your feints might be more sophisticated. Make no mistake, they might be more sophisticated on the right because they have to build it up a little bit more. Like if I if you're boxing a complete novice, Rick, you're not going around the ring and doing fancy feints and trying to set things up. You don't have to. You can just punch them square in the face and they're not going to see it coming. Okay, maybe that's the left. 
But on the right, they have to be a little bit more tricksy. So they have to make out like they're against them and that they're pushing back and these people are rebels. But I, I just don't buy it. I think if if you're getting millions and millions of views and that kind of exposure in America, then you certainly, certainly will have people pushing you. Now, whether it's intelligence or not, I'm, I mean, I, I can't say. I'm just saying we have to be a little bit skeptical. And maybe that's what took us there for in Russia is to start to amp up this culture war in the US going into the election because maybe they want to bring back someone on the right. Now, that could be the big deception, like you said. That could take us to something even worse than what we've got right now. Right now, we've got demented Biden. What comes next could be far, far worse than that. And, uh, and, and you know, the biggest trick the devil plays is getting you to support him. You know, you mm -hmm. if you actually support something that leads to your own demise, well, that is a real deception. So I just think uh, that's why I try and not focus on politics at all. I look at what I can do in my own little life and parallel systems, mm -hmm. building things for when all of that fails, because I just I think it's in its terminal phase. And at some point there'll be some catastrophic end to it. And then all that's going to be left is what you've already prepared for personally with your family yeah. and community. Uh, and then you're not going to be looking at these 10,000 foot views. You're going to be looking at that two foot view. What can you see just around you? Do I have enough water? Do I have enough food? Do I have some money outside the system now that that financial system has collapsed? Uh, and that's what we talk about. And it's simple stuff, but nobody likes the simple stuff, Rick, because it's too simple for them in some ways. It is. Uh, and actually, it's a good parallel that you made. No pun intended parallel, Mike, and all that. But it's a good parallel you made with Fight IQ. Actually, when I thought about what you just said there, I, without being disparaging, I'm not a lefty. I would, you know, be more on the right. But lefties seem to have a lower fight IQ than people on the right. So maybe there's an awful lot more time and effort is invested in feints and deception to people on the right, getting them uh, to buy into the, the certain narratives or counter narratives than is invested into the left because they have a lower fight IQ. As you say, you don't need to dance around so much for them. You can simply metaphorically punch them in the face. It can be a little bit more difficult to pull the wool over people's eyes that are quote unquote awake. But you know what? It, it, Brilliant advice, sage advice, and uh, you know we cover everything here on TNT. We have to because it's a global uh, news platform, but we also do advocate personal responsibility and personal awareness and personal preparation because when all this excrement hits the fan and it will hit the fan, you will not be that concerned about Javier Malay. You will not be that concerned about Ursula von der Leyen. You will be looking in the fridge or you will be looking in the yard, or you'll be looking uh, for clean water. You won't be overly concerned uh, with world events, most of which have all been staged and set up uh, as an elaborate feint while they deliver the killer liver shot to you. So in case I don't do it, a uh, big plug for Mike's uh, broadcast and podcast, both of which are fantastic, by the way. Uh, he has a YouTube channel as well, Parallel Systems. But if you go to his website, parallelmike.com uh, you can uh, support him there follow him there and I would encourage everyone and anyone to do that and I've been very uh, fortunate to have been on a show a few times myself and it's been very pleasurable we always get into details about life and also he covers finance a lot too so all of you people out there that are interested in uh, alternate financial uh, systems or what you can do to take your money outside you know uh, the banks and the building societies if you have any money that is uh, you would do well to check uh, Mike out there to you. Any closing comments before we wrap this one up, Mr. Parallel Mike? Uh, no, no. I've got a great episode of the podcast that just came out yesterday, and it's actually very much about deception. It's going back to the deceptions around UFOs, and this one picks oh. apart some of the earliest stories. I had an expert and a friend of the show called Ryder Leon, 
Uh, and this one is a very disturbing tale of how just how psyoped people have been and how long and how far it goes back. And if you've been watching the UFO narrative uh, transpire the last few years and it's raised a few eyebrows for you, this one's a great episode for uh, picking apart our own uh, our own uh, psychological biases, Rick, while we've been deceived. Yeah, and the other thing is too, what I've noticed people falling into the trap of, some people uh, have made the mistake of believing everything and you've been told to question everything, but I've seen people starting to fall into the trap of disbelieving everything. They automatically think everything is fake and everything is a lie. Listen, invest in some uh, critical thinking. Use that grey matter of yours and come to your own conclusions. Don't take Mike's word for it. Don't take my word for it, God forbid come to your own conclusions after doing your own research but please check out uh, Mike parallelmike.com Mike time's up my friend goes by like a rocket you can go back into the wilds of Poland I'm going into the wilds of Ireland here to do who knows what the who knows who but in the meantime a big thanks to you and have a great weekend uh, James Freeman's incoming I'm off for the weekend yes I am indeed and I'll be back next week God willing here on TNT have a good one over and out <laughs> <laughs>